0: The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast. And I want to thank you for taking time to join us as we have just jumped in as we do some study through the book of Psalms. In just a minute, we'll continue or conclude what we've been doing for the last couple of days, and we'll be concluding our study and our look through Psalm chapter 2. So if you're going to follow along, I encourage you to turn there. We'll be there in just a moment do want to make an announcement uh, concerning devotions next week, and I'll try to remind you of these coming forth. Uh, Many of you might know my wife and I and and my family are taking off for a week-long vacation starting Monday, Uh, so we will be out of the office and out of town from Monday to Friday when we come back in Saturday evening. Uh, In that, what I'm trying to do this week, I'm trying to record plenty of devotionals to make sure that we have a devotional that goes out every day next week while we're gone. Because I want to keep this going, and so we're working in the process of recording ahead to get all that done for next week. And uh, the kicker with that is the software we use only allows two of those devotionals to go live. And so Monday and Tuesday, the devotionals will go live Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. The only other way we can do it is they're just going to be published to Facebook and Instagram right at 11 o'clock. We can schedule that. They won't go live per se. They'll just go on the video. So if you go at 11 and you go to YouTube or you go to Facebook, Uh, You'll notice that new video is there. It'll have the passage we're in and the date that it should be watched. So we apologize that we're unable to publish more than two live. So Monday and Tuesday will be live, but Wednesday through Friday will just be posted. We hope it's still an encouragement and uh, hope it'll... Uh, and keep you, keep us connected, shall we say. While well, we're out on vacation, I know we're going to enjoy some much-needed rest and just time with family, and hope you'll be praying for us and hope you'll be enjoying your time as maybe some of you are on spring break as it kind of is in the craziness of school right now. So we hope you enjoyed that week. Uh, we're in Psalm chapter 2, and I hope you'll join us as we uh, finish up this chapter. What I'm going to do is read the last few verses and kind of just see a really... Important practical part. Again, remember we have King David who is he's teaching us. He's talking a lot about um, not only his personal walk with him, but he's talking a lot about Jesus, a lot of theology in here. Jesus is the king of Zion and all these different aspects, just powerful things that we need to understand. Starts in verse, we're going we're gonna to pick though, chapter 2. Um, let's go to verse 9. I was going to start in 10, but verse 9, picking up what we said last, yesterday. Thou shalt break them with the rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and you perish from the way. And His wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. Now as we break down, if we could in a very simplistic way break down psalm chapter two the first thing we see is reality reality of why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing uh, we realize that that is just unfortunately the way human nature is and it's the way our culture is today the second it talks on the idea that rulers set themselves against god and against his anointed and so we see um, basically the reaction of the rulers uh, we go on to the second part where it talks about the holiness of God and how he's going to establish his son as king. We see a coming reckoning, which we know at least most of the, uh, this, this, what we're talking about is futuristic. Uh, when I mean futuristic, that's going to happen at the end of tribulation. Jesus will come. He will set his foot upon the Mount Carmel. He will come and he will be on earth again and he will rule and reign for a thousand years to this point, destroying his enemy. That will all come. But here's the thing I want to focus on as we finish, is what is the needed response to all of this information? We see, can I practically say, the hopelessness of our culture and what we have without God. We see um, the, kind of the, the chaos of what the religious rulers really want to do and why they want to do it. We see how that will ultimately breed wrath from God, and then we see our response. Sometimes when we see here the idea of wrath from God, we immediately think of the idea of negative, that God is supposed to be a God of love, a God of grace. He should never be one of anger. Uh, I hope you I encourage you in one specific area. You can't really have grace without holiness. You can't, you, know, you, you can't have that. I mean, grace understands that we deserve hell, we deserve punishment because of our sin. And grace dictates that Jesus went to the cross to pay that punishment, to offer us something we don't deserve. But unless we understand the reality of what we do deserve, we're not going to understand grace. We're going to just see it as what we deserve. And we don't. We don't deserve grace. It's something offered to us that we honestly don't. That's the whole premise of it. So I hope we understand we look at this. It's easy for people to jump to an angry God. Can I tell you, uh, I think all of us would agree with this premise. If somebody were to commit a crime against you, if they were to break into your house and and do something horrible to your house or maybe to a family member, you would want justice done. You'd want justice served. You'd want them to be placed in jail or whatever, The you know, pray pray, uh, reconciliation, whatever it would be, restitution, whatever it would be to reconcile where you are. You'd want that. And you'd have every right to want that. So when we look at it that way, it only makes sense. Well, here's the premise. We want that because there's been something done to us when we sin we sin against a holy god and therefore just like what's been done to us needs to have justice the same thing is true with god there needs to be a level of justice now we know that god placed that on his son jesus on the cross And frankly, tonight, as we look at Good Friday and this whole day, and and tonight we're going to have a Good Friday service and all the things that come with it, it's another reminder of what Jesus did for us. And it comes down to the understanding of what is our response. So let's go back and look at these verses again. Now again, he's talking to the leaders. and he's So basically, shall we say, the rulers of nations. uh, And kind of saying, nations, you be wise in this area. And then he says in verse 10, Be wise now therefore, O kings... Be instructed, O ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and you perish from the way. When His wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. He acknowledges that the kings and the judges of the earth, they're there, they're a power, they're an authority, they have a lot of sway over what's happening. He acknowledges the, the power there and he says, Listen, rulers, be wise and be instructed. Realize what's happening recognize that your direction is causing grief, recognize that your separation is bringing you and your followers and the people who you are there to serve and lead. Recognize the ultimate grief that comes from that. And please recognize that and be willing to make the necessary decision. There's something, shall we say, to be said about the need that he states this to the leaders. He's stating this to the leaders of the land. And, and frankly, it's going to kind of go back to where we're told to pray for all those in authority. For those in kings and authority, all that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life with all godliness and honesty. So he starts with leaders because leaders carry a very, very heavy responsibility. You know, when when you look for a position of leadership, some people like it. They like to, to be the leader, They like to be charged or have influence or whatever it be. But I think sometimes they forget the heavy amount of responsibility that comes with the idea of leadership. Uh, you, while you're going to make some people extremely happy, you're going to make some people very upset. You know, we just, just kind of we went through an election. You know, A lot of people stood behind Trump. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And then a lot of people stand behind Biden. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And the people who stand behind Biden really didn't like Trump and vice versa. And that's pretty much how it goes. Leadership is going to have its followers. It's going to have its frustrated people. But God specifically speaks to leadership. Please remember, God also stated that the hearts of the leaders are in the hands of God. He's, he's, he's telling them, which tells me they, whether they want to admit it or not, have a better understanding of the truth. Whether they accept it or not is on them, but they have an understanding. He's telling them to be wise, be instructed, to listen to what I'm telling you. And so we know in the Old Testament that God placed prophets. And he placed prophets out there to teach the kings and to teach the judges and to teach the people who were right. And he was explaining them how it's supposed to be done. And so he says, listen to these prophets of mine today i would encourage our leaders i know that we you know, many of them just fight against religion in general don't get me wrong they some of them hold to a religious point of view but in reality to the actual word of god they fuss they really don't like and it, it's seen in their policies it's seen in their actions where they push something that the bible clearly states is wrong and he says be wise be instructed He goes, listen, leaders, I've placed religious leaders all around you. And don't get me wrong, you listen to enough religious leaders, you're going to find someone who agrees with you. So find somebody who goes to the Word of God, who listens to God's Word and teaches it as it is, not twist it, not my view. What does the Bible say? Because this is what God has given, yes, even our leaders today. So he goes to the leaders, and he's very specific about making that decision and being wise. And he says, listen, then I tell you to serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Let God be, like let Jesus be the one, let God be the one that we follow, unashamedly follow, as a country. It's really what we're talking about. As the people you lead, let God be, like Lord, let be the one you follow. This is what direction we should be in. And so that should be our response. There should be that. But then he says, if you don't, there's a lot of grief, the last verse. Can I tell you in, in simplistic terms, and frankly, the fact that this, this time falls on Good Friday, is just fitting. Jesus, when he went to the cross, he went to the cross and he paid the punishment for all sin, all my sin in the past, all my sin in the future, and all the sin of mankind. He he squelched the ultimate punishment for sin. Unfortunately, many, shall I say, the vast majority of people will still endure the punishment of sin, which is a place called hell, because they won't do what David said in this passage: be wise, be instructed. Each and every one of us need to realize that there comes a time when we need to be instructed, be wise and realize that it doesn't matter what the culture is doing, it doesn't matter what the rulers are doing, each and every one of us have the need and responsibility to make our own decision of what we're going to do with God, what we're going to do with Jesus. And it's a lot more than just religion, it's a lot more because this weekend is often a very, very religious week, a holy week they call it, and there's a lot of tradition built up to it. And I'm not even saying it's all wrong, but excuse me, a lot of a heavy religion focused around this. A lot of tradition brought out. And may I ask the question to you, um, is this weekend more about tradition or is this weekend about a reality? Is there something real in a relationship between you and Jesus more than just the traditions of this weekend? Something where you you, you know him personally? And you can go to him personally and you can talk to him and and you confess your sins to him and you can realize that he is that mediator between you and god and he loves you and accepts you and that jesus wants to be a friend as the bible calls him can you say that that's true in your relationship or is your relationship uh, one of tradition and religion distance one of i hope i'm good enough and if i do if i'm good enough to be accepted i tell you you know then maybe i can get to heaven it's, it's, it's an overwhelming, frustrating belief system, and it's not really the it's not the way God designed it. You know, the Bible tells us that not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saves us. And that is what really he says here. He goes, listen, uh, there is all of the truth of the day and there's the reaction of the rulers and then there's the reckoning that's coming. But what is our response to all of this? And the reason that God warns us of the coming wrath, the primary reason he warns us of the coming wrath is so that we don't have to go through it. The reason he warns us about hell in, in, in the Bible is so that we don't have to go there. The reason he warns us about the wrath coming to the earth all to one day is that we don't have to be here for it. We can get saved and be in heaven when, and, and the rapture when all of this happens. The reason for the warnings that come way before the wrath comes is to help us to recognize that that demands a response on our part. And I hope, I hope that's something you're willing to do. Make that response. What will you do with the information? Will you be wise and instructed? And yes, I understand these verses speak to leaders but I, because it's important. And, and I hope that our, our political leaders today, if nothing else, for their own eternal soul, would recognize the value of the truth of the Word of God and the truth of the reckoning that will come one day. And I hope, in the same case, as much to that, is they are leading. And they've been given a great responsibility, and yes, by God, because the rulers are there and ordained by God. So they're there and they have a responsibility to God. And I hope that they recognize their responsibility is to God before it is to their constituents, before it is to their political party. It is to God, and that is the way God designed it. And it will still, they will still answer to God one day for how they handled the responsibility and the opportunity they've been given. But you know, from our point of view as we finish here, if you've not made a point to call upon Him, I encourage you to do that. For the rest of us, you know, we may we be reminded this weekend, today, of all of the great blessings that comes with the grace of God. All of the great amazing blessings that come with what Good Friday is all about. About the fact that the Son of God, Jesus, was willing to go hang upon a cross for us. And our response still should be thank you. Our response should be growing in Jesus. And our response should be sharing to the best of our ability to those around us because of all the great blessing we've been given. Well, I tell you, I hope you really enjoy uh, this weekend. I hope it's a blessing to you. I know to me it's always a stirring weekend as I reflect upon the truth of Good Friday, uh, the blessings of the resurrection of Jesus and how his life stirs life into me and stirs life into our lives as Christians. And so I hope uh, if you don't have a place to go that maybe you'll join us here on property at 10 o'clock in the morning or at 10 o'clock online if if you can't make it on property. Uh, If you want to come on property, we will have an Easter egg hunt for the kids during our 10 o'clock service. The kids will have their own service, and in that time, there'll be an Easter egg hunt. So I encourage you, if you you don't have a church to attend, I invite you to join us and we'd love to have you join us. Please remember, starting Monday, uh, my wife and my family and I will be in vacation, so we will post a live version of a devotional Monday and Tuesday, and then due to the limitations on the software, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday we will not post a live video. We will just schedule the video to be posted on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So they'll come out right at 11 on those three platforms, and, uh, and you can watch them at that point, or really, anytime you want to. But if you still come at 11 o'clock, they'll be posted and you can still watch it as what has become part of many of your schedules and we greatly appreciate that. Thanks for joining us today. Hope it was an encouragement and we look forward to a great weekend and we hope it's a great blessing to you. Look forward to seeing you next week. God bless.